Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. Hello everyone. I am Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio coming at you from Bardo's Lakeside Lounge in lovely Elkhart, Indiana. Should be familiar with my guest this time. Second appearance here on Super Cool Radio just this year. He's a guitarist for the Lonely Ones and the bassist for Boba Flex. Please welcome Jimmy Tolan. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? <laughs> it is really nice to have you back on. Uh, be back twice in one summer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was, uh, was it May? I think yeah. I had, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so nice to have you on. Always a great time hanging out with you guys. So I got to ask, so there was a lot of talk about Boba Flex in a previous interview because of the huge announcement about playing the music festival. Yeah. So now you guys released a new single, I'll Blow Your Dreams Into the Sky. Yes, sir. How does it feel to have uh, Boba Flex and The Lonely Ones both active now? It's... Uh, it's tough for me to remember what I'm doing at any particular rehearsal, which like which amp I got to set up. I mean, broadly speaking, you know, the Lonely Ones is a much more active band than Boba Flex is. But, uh, you know, we, we definitely have plans to do three or four, whatever, five shows a year as Boba Flex. And so that kind of all you're always keeping the, the kettle warm, even if it's not boiling. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funnily enough, that's been my biggest uh, my biggest struggle is going to rehearsal and forgetting just with all the same guy or most of the same guys forgetting what instrument I'm supposed to play on any given day. And then remember just, oh, it's Boba Flex ba- is bass. <laughs> <laughs> you got to color coordinate the days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and uh, for you, is it different, um, like recording a Boba Flex song compared to a Lonely One song? Very, very different. Um, I mean, the meticulousness is still the same. Marty and I did a lot of, a lot of like the, the co-producing in, Boba, in more recent Boba Flex stuff, as well as the Lonely One stuff. So we, you know, we're the same people with the same ears and we're both very meticulous listeners, but the end goal is very, very, very different. Um, the Lonely Ones were kind of leaning into this slightly more like rough around the edges, like modern, dancey, bluesy kind of thing. So there's a little bit of room for, you know, a little bit of push and pull. So you're not, you're not looking for the same problems to fix. That is a very good point. And you guys, I know uh, both bands, like they're in the rock genre. Mm-hmm. But they're distinctive enough where it doesn't sound like, oh, this is the Lonely Ones or like, oh, this is like the Boba Flex, but slightly different. Like, yeah. you guys are distinct enough where I can tell okay, that's Boba Flex, that's the Lonely Ones. That was, that was an intentional choice that took us a little bit of time to get right. Uh, we knew we wanted to do it, but, you know, like anything, a, you know, an object in motion stays in motion and coming right off of Boba Flex, even some of the early Lonely Ones songs were originally intended to be Boba Flex songs. So you can only do so much with those. And then, you know, as you get further and further away time-wise and you have an experience writing something and something clicks here and you go, oh, I like the way that this sounded, uh, let's, let's expand on that. And then so, you know, now we're, uh, you know, we've been writing as the Lonely Ones for about two and a half years now. So we've got some experience in, in what we like sonically and how we want the songs to sound and how we want them to differ from Boba Flex. Do you think you're in the groove with like writing the Lonely Ones material and Boba Flex material since now you've got some time with the Lonely Ones as you said and of course Boba Flex 
you know, you had a lot of uh, albums and uh, shows with that. Do you think you're in the groove for both bands? I'm a much more active writer for The Lonely Ones, partially because I play guitar now, partially because it was something that was a little bit of a, uh, a blank slate artistically. When, you know, when, when we started The Lonely Ones, Boba Flex, I'd very rarely, like, from scratch, write something for Boba Flex. A lot of times that's Marty or Sean start with the broad idea. There, and there's exceptions to those rules, but it's, you know, it's, I would say 80 to 90% of the stuff that Boba Flex writes comes off of something that either Marty or Sean started with. So I usually take stuff from them more in the second, third, or fourth step of the process as opposed to the lonely ones where I'll often see it from the beginning. No, it is really cool. And I know uh, for you, uh, yeah, obviously you did uh, switch the guitar for the Lonely Ones. How is uh, adding uh, True Pain Roberts? Yeah, uh, which is a cool name, by the way. It is. Uh, how has added him to the um, to the live show for the Lonely Ones? Has that changed the dynamic of the band? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a perfect fit for the band. Um, he's very much a, a rock and roll guy, uh, you know, like us. So it, I think that kind of suits what I was saying. That slightly loose, slightly off the rails, shaky dancey blues rock thing that his the way he approaches music kind of complements that um and he's also you know he was one of my best friends before he was in the band he was uh you know if, if you ever saw us out and about uh me or marty um out and about around columbus ohio before true was in the band it was very likely that true was with us so it was not a super not a super difficult it was a big situation. change yeah. yeah what i noticed especially i saw you guys in may and I also saw you guys uh, last August, a little over a year ago, too. Um, to me, I really liked the May show when I saw you guys. Mm -hmm. You guys sounded really tight. It was a lot of rock and roll. And just seeing the, the way you guys all interact, it, like he's a very good fit for the band. Oh, he's great. He's a great, he's a great add to the band. So definitely. And I know the Lonely Ones, you guys have opened for many awesome bands. Is there anyone, like any particular band that you really want to perform with? Man, I want to... One of my favorite bands is Royal Blood. I would kill to open for them. Um, Dead Poet Society, same thing. Bad Flower. I'm talking Dirty Honey. Uh, highly Suspect. I, you know, we, like we were talking about stylistically, the Lonely Ones being a little bit different of a thing. In the last few years, three, four, five years, even towards the end of Boba Flex, we all kind of got wrapped up in the, this kind of proto-resurgence of like vintage-influenced rock. Uh, Greta Van Fleet would obviously be the you know the top of the heap as far as that goes, um, and I love all those bands. So that you know any of any of those types of bands like that are right up my alley, and I would love to play with them. I think you guys, Dirty Honey, would be amazing. I think also you guys and Mammoth Van Halen would be oh, awesome. Yeah, dude, somebody make that happen. Whoever's watching, please make that happen. Yeah, please. That was no disrespect, me not naming that. I definitely want you too. Because <laughs> I saw him live and. It's just amazing. Like he, you can tell he is Eddie Van Halen's was kid. That, did you see them with Dirty Honey? Dirty Honey okay, in February, yeah. yeah. I didn't get to see that tour. Um, I just missed him when uh, he was opening for GNR. Uh, was it GNR? I think it was GNR. Yeah, like, uh, it was back in November, I think, October, something like that. And I just, of course, me and True and Marty were going to the show before True was in the band. and We were all running later than hell, so we, we didn't get to catch it. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn, dude, yeah. Like, honestly, highly recommend, like, just, he just, it sounds so good. Like, yeah. it's it just, I can't really describe it. It's like, if, if anyone's seen Alter Bridge, like, it, that, that it, just that level, yeah. I've heard, I've heard really good things about the show. 
Oh, yeah, and Dirty Honey, too. Like they're, it was a perfect combination for that mm. tour just because of how well they sounded. Yeah. And there was only two bands on that tour, and I was like... Oh, there was no opener? No, it was just really? those okay, two. Wow. And it was amazing. Like, I didn't need any more. I was like, they were both, they both killed it. So, highly recommend. And hopefully, I can see you guys open for Mammoth Van Halen. Oh, man, that'd be so great. <laughs> Again, somebody please make that happen. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Jimmy Tolan. We have to take a quick pause from the action and hear a word from our friend Brian at Concerts That Made Us Podcast. Wait, so you like concerts, podcasts, and music? And you don't listen to Concerts That Made Us podcast? Oh man, you're missing out. You've got to head over there straight away. They have interviews with the best up-and-coming bands, as well as some famous ones thrown in the mix too. And don't even get me started on the concert stories. Oh man, are they wild. That's Concerts That Made Us podcast. New episodes every Thursday on all podcast players. Now, uh, I know uh, you got a lot going on today, so I won't take up too much of your time. Uh, I do got a cool question. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Do it. Uh, what is one book, one album, and one movie everyone should check out in their lifetime? One book, one album, one movie. Uh, as far as books, oof. I'm going to get a little bit... I'm going to give you a controversial... Well, yeah, all right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you a weird one that nobody would ever get. Okay. Me. And... I'd like to preface it by saying that I do drink, um, but uh, the big book, which is the Alcoholics Anonymous Handbook, um, uh, a very good friend of mine gave it to me just in, in passing because it was somebody who was getting sober and it you know, can help uh, you know, guide somebody through that process. And I was reading that book and that shit fucking hit me right in the heart. It's got like whether or not you drink or you're trying to drink, not trying to quit drinking, whatever, there's some banger quotes in that book. There's uh, some shit that, you know, whether, you know, drinking aside, if you got some, you got some shit you need to work on. Yeah. It's good. I've heard like people not even like, like uh, dealing with alcoholism. It's like other drugs too. And yeah. they've read that. And it, it is very, it's very deep. And it's also like yeah. really good quotes. Like I remember one, I think one quotes is like, um, why do you drink? Like, are, are you consuming alcohol or is alcohol yeah. consuming you? I know that's a big, one of the big lines from that as well. One of, uh, one of my favorite, I'll, it's, it's about a paragraph long, so I'll cut it down and paraphrase it a little bit. But it's essentially about being the director of a play and talking about how, you know, it, basically it takes more than just the director to make the play. And it's almost talking to people that are, you know, around an alcoholic as opposed to the alcoholic themselves, talking about how if I could just get the set dressing right, if I could just get the actors to understand exactly what my vision is, if I could just get the lights just right, then everything would be perfect. The implication being that you're never going to get that. So it's best to just deal with what you got and move forward. Quit trying to, you know, get everything perfect to where it'll line up and you can sink it in one shot. That's uh, very good life advice. Yeah. So I would highly recommend that. Like I said, fortunately, I'm not, I don't struggle with addiction. Um, but even if you don't, killer book, worth a read. Uh, surprisingly, not super boring or preachy. Uh, let's see. So what was the next one? Album? One album, yep. All right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, it's the perfect blues rock record, Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones. There's not only is there, not, is there no skips on that record, there's no songs on that record that aren't 10 out of 10. There's no nines. Uh, front to back, perfect rock and roll record. Um, and then what was the... One movie. One movie. I got to go with Django Unchained. I love that movie so much. It's just like, it, that's like that and maybe The Godfather are the, are the movies that... I could, right now, like let's say show's canceled, 
and I got to sit here for a few hours. I could put that movie on right now, and I know it front to back. I could watch it again and not get bored. Then tomorrow, you and me could be hanging out. Something breaks down, whatever, we're stuck. I go, well, I could watch it again. <laughs> See, every, it's interesting. Every time, um, the second or third person I've asked, and like, I think everyone has said a uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. They're just so <laughs> rewatchable. It's yeah. like... You it's pick up like different moments. things yeah. every time you watch it. Yeah, it's so layered and awesome. I guess, you know, Kubrick could kind of fit that same, you know, now, now I sound like the most generic white guy on the planet. Uh, <laughs> two, two white guys sitting in a trailer talking about how great Kubrick and Tarantino are. <laughs> Heavy hitting, guys. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really getting deep with this. Oh, my God. No stereotypes here. That's all right. <laughs> you never be in the middle of a stereotype. You realize you're doing it to yourself. You go, fuck. I'm a guy they always write about. I'm literally living this right now. I'm about to eat some avocado on toast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, we are living, breathing stereotypes right now. Oh, man. If this was five years ago. I'd have a man bun. <laughs> Those did go out of fashion pretty I mean, quick. What was it called? A romp him? Those were, what was it like three, oh, four geez, years ago? Yeah. Romp him uh, and a man bun. Oh, man. I'm glad we don't have any of that here. No. At least. No. Well, actually, I'm wearing a hat. No one knows. <laughs> All right. As I wrap up this interview, I know you, I talked about this a few months ago with you. Um, has the plans for Boba Flex and the Lonely Ones changed uh, in the last couple months, or are you still just going to be playing killer shows, writing killer music? Killer shows, killer music. Uh, stylistically, you know, I feel like we've, since I talked to you last, we were just starting to kind of start to define where we wanted the Lonely Ones to really end up sonically with me on guitar. Since then, we've, we've put, I think, four or five more songs in the can, written, recorded, and all that. So I've, I feel like we've kind of got our, our line in the sand drawn for... You know, this is what we sound like, uh, you know, with me on guitar. Uh, Boba Flex, keep on trucking, you know, play the big shows, sell the good t-shirts, write the good songs. Sounds pretty simple, straightforward. I love all of it. You guys, you got your work cut out for you for next year, for this year and even into yeah. next year. I do. So you better get on that. <laughs> now, the biggest question I have, that the world wants to know and everybody watching so today is a kickoff for two certain college football teams, oh, yeah. uh, Notre Dame and the Ohio State. Uh, who do you think is going to win? Uh, you know, I got to say Ohio State, and here's why. I don't, I'm, I, I like brag about not get, knowing anything about sports guys, so I'm going to try to not do that. I don't know any one of the players on either one of the teams. Um, but if I say Notre Dame, and then go back to my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, and somebody sees the interview, I'm getting my head kicked in. So <laughs> go Buckeyes, baby. <laughs> Smart and safe. I like it. See, that would be like me saying Ohio State, too, yet I live in Indiana. But, yeah, we're in northern Indiana right now. So if I go outside and you hear me say, go Notre Dame, I'm also Irish. So maybe I can play it off out here. And then once I cross the border back to Ohio, it's Buckeyes all the way. You have to play it safe. That's why uh, that... I honestly, I, I don't know who's going to win, so there you go. <laughs> but, Jimmy, thank you so much for hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. I know you got a rocking show to be playing very soon. I probably held you up like I did with the last interview. Never. <laughs> but that's all right. So, really appreciate it for Jimmy of the Lonely Ones. I'm your host, as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. Woo! I am the lonely one, and I ain't seen the sun since I left home. Take me
shine through on the other side And everybody wants to take what's mine I've been burned so bad, still got smoke in my eyes Treat me, treat me like a dog You know it hurts so bad, why did it stay so long? Yeah, nobody cares about the path I'm on So I guess I'll just stay gone I guess I'll just stay gone